Welcome back to our show. In this episode, we talk about how parents are handling distance learning and what golf activities you can do with your kids inside your home during this time. During this recording, we did have some audio quality issues, so bear with us as we work those out. You're listening to the Birdie Dad Podcast. They can't make a birdie, but they can dad. And now your hosts, Jared, Brian, and Trevor. Jared, and with me is Brian and Trevor, as always. We're on to episode number four, guys. How we doing? Thanks for having us back. Yeah, I can't believe you have us back after four episodes. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know if you guys are ready for it, but uh, let's keep rolling. I, I hope all is well out there. We're in the middle of COVID, and like everyone, I mean, everyone's doing podcasts, doing golf, doing outdoor stuff. You know, are, are you guys, Trevor, are you guys back in school yet? No, we're not, actually. I'm, I'm out of Oregon, and we don't start till um, September 14th, so we're pretty late. Yeah, we're back. We've been back for three weeks and, you know, we're not really a news podcast and we're, not, we're definitely not a teacher in the news podcast, but I wanted to say to you guys, I mean, we're dads. So a news story caught my eye and, you know, I haven't really gone into it with our listeners, but I've been in education for 17 years and I've dealt with a lot of different situations and, and a lot of different parents. Uh, but this one I saw, uh, there was a teacher down here in San Jose he started up a Zoom class with kids, and, and I'm pretty sure it's the first week of school. They logged in, and he's got no shirt on leading class. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw that. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot of thoughts, a lot of questions go through my mind right away. Hopefully uh, he at least shaved that day. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he did not. Let me get you a visual of this guy, okay? I mean, he's, he's a dad. I mean, he's old enough to be someone's dad. Maybe he's got a the granddad. He's got a big dad bod. He might be a granddad. And so we're, we're not talking. This wasn't uh, like a Zac Efron up there or The Rock, really, with his, his shirt off, you know. So this girl sees it, takes a picture of it, and then immediately calls her mom and says, something is, uh, my teacher's got his shirt off, running a class, live video feed, you know, because that's how we're doing everything, distance learning, live video feed, and uh, sends it to her mom. Her mom calls the school and absolutely unloads on the school. And so this guy has been now been put on leave uh, out there in San Jose. And it just kind of made me think about this distance learning thing that's going on. So have you guys <laughs> thought about that with your kids, what you're going to do for distance learning? Yeah. So um, we're still working on uh, like a pod system. And I, I know that's fairly popular with folks who can do it. Um, you know, trying to get a group of five um, girls and other families in my, my daughter's fourth grade pod and even my first grade pod. Um, try to, to just get something where we can, you know, as adults be able to go to work and continue our careers and not have to, you know, shut down everything or at least one of us um, as a parent kind of quitting and taking on the, the, the parent work or the, the teacher work. So we are trying to do a pod system. I've heard about the pod system, obviously, people talking about it. Brian, have you, have you guys talked about, I mean, I know your kids are still, you're not quite in kindergarten yet, but have you guys talked about that? Yeah. So, I mean, we're fortunate enough to, our kids are still in daycare and daycares are still open. We're in Washington state. So daycares are still open. So um, we haven't reached that point yet where we have to talk about pods or anything like that. And like, they're still going to, um, we call it school for them, but it's, it's really daycare. And um, 
Yeah. So as long as they're open, we're, we're going to keep sending them. You know, we got to have some peace of mind, but I have some friends that are up here trying to scramble, trying to get, you know, some pods set up like you were talking about, Jared, or do the online learning. I mean, in in the Seattle area, I mean, they're just not providing as, as, as much resources. So people are going to the to the pod environment, which is in somebody's garage, you know, <laughs> teaching yeah. like eight kids trying to trying to get something going, trying to just keep, I mean, keep keep them caught up. Like it's, for, it's, it's yeah. pretty ridiculous. Yeah. For those that haven't they don't know what the pod system is. Treb, explain that a little bit. How did you guys set this up? Yeah. So, um, so our school district actually puts out a, you know, distance learning program that, you know, the teachers themselves will kind of direct, you know, through an online system. But, um, you know, that's through, you know, like in a rough five hour time, I think actual online learning, they said that they're going to be like 200 or two hours and 45 minutes. And then the, the rest is self-directed. So, um, it sounds like they're going to be giving you something where, you know, you have a certain amount of science to do a certain amount of math to do. And then by the next day you have to check in, with that work. So, um, you know, as parents and as, you know, professionals, we have to carry on with our, our work as well. So we're trying to get a pod where we have a, you know, a substitute teacher or somebody with some teaching credentials to kind of, you know, guide our, our students and our kids, um, through the curriculum and also give them something else to kind of go off of and help them with their, their self-directed programs. Do you guys Um, stay, stay in the same house every time or do you switch houses each week? What's the plan? Yeah, I think it's switching, you know, houses every couple of weeks. You know, a lot of folks work from home now. So um, for sanity purposes, try to try to rotate it more frequently than, you know, two weeks or so, I think, is what we're thinking. So, yeah, definitely. I, I can tell you guys a couple of things we've learned with distance learning down here. Uh, number one, I, I don't think, you know, we joke about the teacher with the shirt off. But the one of the biggest things is I don't I don't think people are really prepared for what happens when you flip the camera around on kids and you give kids an open video, open mic. Um, and a lot of times with these programs, they have an open chat. So the chat we found is like kids, social media, like constantly instead of class they they can just go dive down the rabbit hole in the chat and talking about whatever. And so you got a teacher trying to balance the chat, balance the videos, balance the mics. Um, and a lot of kids, especially where I am down here is, you know, you got kids coming, you may not want to see some of the background of their video feeds. And so I've got a lot of anxiety with teachers on this right now. Um, the, the pods is a great idea. I think it's, it's, it's excellent. I mean, something to think about you open up. Uh, we've definitely had some hot mic moments where the mic gets left on and somebody <laughs> might, might forget. And, you know, I know we joked about kind of like a wedding, you know, no open mic, you know, I mean, how, how many times have you had a hot mic with your kids just in the car? Like, I mean, it, it happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you put 30 kids in a, in a digital classroom and a hot mic, uh, you know, or the other way around kids have, could have hot mics too. They, they wouldn't care as much <laughs> as the teacher might, but, you know, and then the other thing I'll tell you guys that, that we've had, um, so, so teachers forever have been used to their classrooms are like their sanctuaries, you know, there, there's one door in and they know the kids in there and someone opens the door and everyone freezes. Uh, but what we've talked about, what's crazy now is that now you have parents in the classroom essentially all the time. And so, uh, a joke or a comment or, even the tone of some things teachers are saying, now you have parents in the room and you, you, you might have 30 parents listening over the shoulder of what a teacher is saying now. And that has created a lot of anxiety for these teachers. Yeah, I, mean, I guess they're putting up a lot more filters, huh? And maybe not expanding as much as they probably should with that. 
Well, yeah. And, and I'm talking about, you know, you think back when we were in school and some comments the teacher may have made and, and they made it for, you know, I had great teachers and, and I had other teachers and, you know, some would inspire you in different ways. They, they may make comments to try to get you motivated or, or crack a joke to get you to smile. And if you're a parent in the room and you hear that, especially now, if you consider these kids never have had a face to face with these teachers. So the relationship really isn't there. It's it's going to be interesting how this plays out. Uh, I think, you know, there's definitely some parents that are working from home who might have that ear going, wait, what was that? Wait, what did I just hear? Did they really just say that? And, something, and then they look and their teacher is shirtless. <laughs> and their teacher is shirtless <laughs> sitting outside. I'm sure there's a perfectly good explanation. Maybe he was at the pool. There's also going to be that, that set of parents that are like, man, it really is my kid. <laughs> <laughs> that's messing this up. Like, you can go oh, the other way too. Yeah, you know, you that's know? you know true. I mean, gosh, you guys, you know, we've all been with our kids. My son, my daughter's only two. As we say it all the time, but we've all been with our kids for about six months straight, and it's mm -hmm. been a challenge. You know, oh, I think yeah. about when we were kids, and I mean, the technology today. These kids log in; they're they're so savvy with these apps. But think of when we were kids, if there was distance learning. I mean. What technology did you guys have in high school? <laughs> oh, man, I can't even. Well, I think probably, well, the Razor came in college. So, you know, you're doing the, the analog texting. So for T9, C, and Trevor, it's called T9. It's called T9. 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 Thank you, Yeah. So, yeah, T9, you know, that's that's probably the extent of it, right? I mean, that's Could what you? we had. Were you skilled enough to text from your pocket? Did you, could you do that? No. <laughs> oh, I, I could. I, I got that down. I, I could send a text. Pretty good one for my pocket too. Serious? Yeah. You know, you, yeah. You, oh yeah. Yeah. Wow. It, that's impressive. Yeah. Jared. You tap that, that a impressive. few times. You just gotta get familiar, and or at least in your lap, and you wouldn't have to look. Oh yeah. You, I you mean, must have spent a lot of time in your pocket, man. <laughs> yeah. Go go back a few years, and the technology <laughs> we had in junior high would have been what or, Oregon Trail. Right. Oregon Trail, baby. Yeah. yeah. The Apple yeah, computer. Yeah. The original. There was there was no Zoom meetings with Oregon Trail. I mean No, I mean imagine if this would have hit when we were going through high school. I mean, we would have been by ourselves, calling each other on the on the telephone, right? Just like one person at a time, like no Zoom meetings, no group text messages, no real email actually, right? Like, I mean, email didn't come until the end of my high school career. I don't know about you guys, but it was, it was kind of, I got my first Hotmail account, you know, in my, my senior year and that was mind blowing for me. Yeah, yeah I think it, it would probably would have been junior, senior year when I first got email. I mean, I, and I never had a beeper. I don't know if you guys had beepers. I, no, I don't, my no. parents would never get me one. I wasn't drug no. dealing. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know the code, so I still can't tell you the beeper codes, you know, and I do think with this guy with the zoom, I, I'll tell you guys a funny story. I, I've had that moment happen to me, but it's usually when I call my dad and he's got his shirt off and I'm like, Hey, come on now, you know, and, and video call him. Cause I, I can even get him to video call now pretty, pretty easily. You know, when, when your dad's a little bit far away with kids, you, you got to do the video call, but I usually have to do a little screening first to make sure it's clear before yeah, my, sure. my, dad, my dad has to put his teeth in first. So yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it, it, it's a text message first and then the video call with my dad. <laughs> the video, it's a, that would freak your kids out, seeing the teeth out, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it happened to me as a kid with my grandparents. Oh man, <laughs> you wake them up too early in the morning and uh, you get a surprise. Oh yeah. I mean, and then we're talking COVID and I got to know, you know, we talk about what you're going to do with the pods. I think the pods are genius. I'm just going to tell you, I... You know, it's 
it's so smart for parents. It's so hard to work from home right now with your kids running around and we all have to work. Um, you know, educators were doing it, but now we're all back. I don't know if you guys know this and Trevor, if your schools have really said this, but most teachers are, are back in the rooms now. So they're not working from home. They'll be in their room by themselves, which, yeah, I talked to a lot of teachers. They, they really want that. They like the ability to work from the room, to have the whiteboards and to have their, their manipulatives and they're ready to go. A little, a little different environment for them right now. Yeah, there's also something to be said too about, you know, leaving your house and actually going to a place of work. You know, you got that commute where you can actually settle into your work day, you know. Um, even if there aren't kids in the classroom, it seems like teachers would, you know, benefit from just having a, a drive away from home to get settled into their day and be able to teach all the kids that they need, you know, they need to with their, you know, like you said, their blackboards, their whiteboards and all their their technology. Yeah, we... We do. Uh, and I, I, one thing we do, it, it makes it really feel like a school. We ring the bells and we do the announcements. There's nobody there, just like a few people, but you still hear it. It sounds like a school. Hmm. That's that's interesting. So, so the teachers that are in the building, um, do they have kids or, or like in the school or how, do, how does that, that all play out? Because, uh, well, the way the, at least California has handled it, it's a 12 year old threshold. So if you, if you don't have 12 year old, if your kids are 12 or under, you can stay home and work with your kids at home. They'll, they'll allow that there. That's kind of been a government, you know, issue thing. And, and I've heard that other states are kind of doing the same, you know, right around 12, 13 years old. And, and I think there's a little leeway there if you had a 13 year old, but maybe they just turned 13 or you had circumstances that they let you work from home if you need to, but um, that's been the, the norm for the state here. Yeah. Cause I think that's hard. My, my sister's a teacher. She's second grade teacher and she has a, uh, two girls. One is, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get tested here, but, but one is nine and, and, and one is, um, seven. Right. So, um, she, they're under the 12 year old under that. So she lives in Portland, Oregon. Um, but she, like her school, private school, I'll, I'll qualify that, um, is requiring her to come into school, but then requiring her daughters to stay at home, which means that they're going to have to make a choice between, um, my brother-in-law's work and staying home with the kids and my sister's work, <laughs> which is a teacher and going to school. So it's, wow. it's, it's a tough choice. Like, I don't think all this is as easy as some of the administrators are, are, you know, putting it out to be because they haven't thought through yeah. all the oh, private schools. Right? Always, yeah. Private schools a little different. They work in different rules. And, uh, but I know there's a district down here uh, near me that I heard that in those situations, they've even allowed the kids of the teachers to, to come to the school with them. So they're in the same room I like working that. maybe. Yeah, I like that, that, that yeah. was a pretty cool idea. They they could bring them in. If they were in grade schools, they'd let them come in with their mom or dad as a teacher. I think, you know, they got to go through all the safety checks and do all that stuff. But they go in and work in the room too. That, that's I mean, pretty cool. Same household, right? So you're good. Yeah, yeah, just try to limit any interactions, right? So, you know, and we're doing this COVID thing. But, you know, we are golfers and we are dads. So tell me your favorite thing you're doing with kids right now at home with golf like in the living room, you're not going out. You know, I know we've all gone through the different phases of uh, lockdowns and shelter in place. What are you doing at home with your kids in golf right now? Oh man, it's a bunch of, uh, so, you know, I've, I've set up and during this COVID time, it's necessary. I've set up what I call a golf Academy in my garage. So I have a net, I have a putting green, um, and we have some tees and some wiffle balls, um, every day, uh, my two-year-old wants to go out and just hit balls and I'm, I'm ecstatic about it. So that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm just putting it out there for him, making it like a jungle gym of golf. 
Trey, what are you doing with your kids in golf inside the home right now? Inside the home, well, um, my my youngest daughter the other day actually set up a, um, it's like these magnetic blocks, you know, and I don't know what they're called, but um, they kind of stick together and she kind of made this little, um, what I call a holy moly challenge course in our in our living room on the carpet. And oh, this uh, is the, the Picasso tiles, I think they're oh, called, yeah, right? There you go. Picasso yeah. there you are. Um, so yeah, she made something like that where she could um, putt through, you know, one side would be like, you know, a hole in one. The other one would be like a, a, a water ha- or a water hazard, which was like a blue towel or like a sand, which was a white towel. So she's been doing some putting on, you know, it's, it's pretty thick shack carpet, so it's hard to putt, but you know, <laughs> she's still working through it. So stuff like that, you know, and then I, same thing, I have a kind of hitting that in the garage as well as a little um, kind of a ring with a net that's kind of like a, a, a chipping a chipping challenge thing that they use off of a, a little uh, AstroTurf mat. So they, they do that in the garage a little bit, but of course not until after all their studies are done, you know, and all their, their homework. So make sure yeah. that's done first. I like all the stuff you got in the house that's already there. Obviously, I'm cheap to add the free stuff. So we actually have those Picasso tiles. I think that'd be pretty cool. Set up a little miniature golf in your living room. Use the tiles, set up some little gates. Yeah, I would say do it on your hardwood floors or some tile, though, because the carpet is a little rough. I mean, it's, you know, we have a little thicker carpet, maybe a little extra padding than we should, probably should. So it's, it's by the time she gets to the golf course, she's going to be hammering putts. Based yeah. on that. <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's going to smoke it by. Well, we have, I have in my house just a nice, uh, yeah, you could do it on the hardwood or the tile. That, that's uh, Those are some fast greens, yeah. uh, but we, 15, we have a little 16. bit. Yeah, exactly. And so you could you could use that. I did set up and and I posted. I don't know if you guys saw it. I was doing a little drill with putting where you lay down. Again, I don't have the sticks yet. I might have to see if I can go find some. But instead of an alignment stick, I used the putter or I used another club um, to line it up and then use that as to work on my stroke. Because even at home in COVID, you can work on your putting stroke. You can go straight back, straight through. So I was doing that. I posted that video on that, that putting drill if you want to check that out. Because with COVID, I mean, we should all be amazing putters when we come out of this thing. Everybody should be dropping that average. We should be averaging, you know, I 25 putts. Yeah. I, I agree. And I, I think that that's the best thing to do right now to improve your game. Because, you know, what do they say? It's, it's, it's drive for show, putt for dough. Like that is, that is a one point in your game where if you get better, you're going to drop your scores and you're going to drop your handicap. You're going to beat everybody that you couldn't beat before. It's just putting, putting, putting. I know we were going to talk about, I, I don't, I mean, I'm trying to really work on the straight line. So that's that stick. I, I'm trying to, that I cannot tell you how many putts I have pulled left or pushed right. And it's really back to that back and through straight contact. Trev, you got a favorite putting drill you're working on right now? Uh, not so much a drill. I've just I've been kind of toying with the forward press, you know, before you hit the putt, just to try to, you know, I think I read somewhere in a golf magazine that like the the right angle for um, a putt would be like a two degree upswing, you know. So I'm trying to. I have a mallet putter, so I'm trying to kind of lower that angle a little bit because I feel like I'm kind of lifting up on it a lot with my putt when I try to do it straight hit. So I'm just trying to forward press a little bit just to make sure my contact angle is appropriate. So, so for those of us that don't know what forward press means, can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know forward press. 
Yeah, so if you got your putter resting behind the ball and you got your line and you're kind of taking your backstroke, before you do that backstroke, you basically bring your hands in front of the club, uh, the putter face just a couple inches. So that effectively de-lofts the putter. I mean, you're talking about a flat putter, but, you know, it basically um, lowers the, the lie angle of the, the putter. Um, gotcha. And so you see some pros doing it. Um, saw some folks that I play with do it and they hit some long putts. So I was like, you know, maybe I should toy with it a little bit, but so far, so far, not so good. I'm still working on that. Yeah. So I can totally see my putting game going downhill trying that right now. Yeah. Trev, Trev, I think, you know, like you're the best putter out of all three of us. I mean, we've all played together um, a couple of times, um, you know, not so much because we're in different States, you know, all the time, but um, Treb, I've, I've seen you, um, and your putting is pretty consistent. What do you think gets you there? Like when you warm up, what do you do? Well, first of all, if I'm playing around, I, I go to the putting green first. I think that's kind of the biggest advice I can give to, to amateur golfers. I mean, I'm, I'm an amateur and we, we do not mix words. We are amateurs, all of us. Right. So we, um, are no, not pros by any means, but if you're new to the game of golf, you know, everybody wants to go hit the driver and the irons on the range for, you know, hours on end. But I think if you're going to make the biggest gains in your, in your game, it's hitting the putting surface first. So having said that, you know, for me, I always start off with the little ones, you know, the, the two to three footers just to kind of get used to that. Like Jared said, that even, um, inline stroke. And then I kind of move back and I, I really don't hit too many like long lag putts on the, um, on, on the practice surface. I mainly focus within 10 feet and I kind of go around one hole, you know, in a spiral kind of drill where I start, you know, with one like three foot putt. And then I kind of go to 90 degree, uh, turn from that hole and I go for a five foot putt. And then I kind of work my way out to 10 foot around that same hole. And I just do that till I get comfortable with the greens and things before I hit. So that's, that's mainly what I do. Do you come back around to the putting green? Like, so you're hitting it first and then you're going hitting some balls. Do you do it one more time to warm up or, or that's good? I do. Yeah. There's a putting practice putting green right next to the tee, first tee box. So, um, you know, usually we get there early enough to kind of hit a few more chips or putts. But yeah, that's definitely, you know, my program is putt first, you know, probably, you know, 20 strokes or so, and then go hit some, you know, warm up swings on the range and then come back putt as well um, before I play. So. And your girls, do they enjoy the putting too? I mean, you, I know you take your kids out a lot. Yeah. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of, you know, I, I throw out a lot of things on the green for them to hit. It looks kind of like a yard sale when we go to the practice the putting green. Um, you know, there'll be bags of chips on the ground. So if they hit those, they get a chip from it. You know, I got a bag of balls. If they, they hit that, they get a couple extra minutes on the TV that night, you know, that sort of thing. So I like that, man. If you do that for me, Trev, I'd start hitting putts too. Totally. Yeah, I just well, need, you I need to be a six pack of Coors Light there, Brian. I, I, I would need dollar bills <laughs> and five dollar bills on the green. I would hit those for sure. Or, or you can actually start with me with quarters. I'd hit just the quarters. A penny, the just a penny, Jared. You'd yeah, take, it, I'd take it. I'd take it. I'd go for it. You yeah, know, no, and that works. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so if we're going to play a little tournament and I'm your partner, you better bring some extra quarters for me. Throw those out there. Yeah. You know, I guess I'm I was sorry. Ask a question back. Sorry, Jared. I was asking. So like when you look, when you guys practice, are you guys, are you guys practicing to like putt to the hole? Or are you practicing like, um, looking at a line to the hole or what's, what's, what's your guys' game plan? Oh man. Uh, for, for, for me, like I always try to visualize the line. So it's like, obviously you got the curves and, and, um, you know, downhill, uphill and, and trying to get the line 
And then I, I try to line up the ball with the line um, on that, like the starting point of that line. And that's just what I was taught, but I'm, I'm feeling like that's the wrong way because <laughs> I'm just not a good putter. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but like that's, um, you know, I'm going to try out some new things, I think, coming up because it just hasn't been working for me to just try to find the line and then start out on the line. Like that, that's awesome. what I've typically done. I mean, I think that's the whole point we're all going to go on is ultimately, I mean, we're, we're going to improve this game. We're going to improve our game. So, you, uh, Brian, you're a line putter. Do you draw the line on the ball? Well, I have the line on the ball. I try to visualize the line of the putt, and then I try to line up the line of the ball with the start of that, the line of the putt. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Okay. Okay. Cool. See, I gotcha. Do you have uh, a deep spot on the ground to putt to? Yeah, I'm a spot guy. I, I look and... And I, I started that probably about two years ago, picking like, you know, about six inches in front of the ball and try to focus there and, and just roll over that spot, whatever it is. And that's, that's my, that's my role. I mean, that's what I'm going to go with. And, you know, it's, it's worked. Um, I really struggle when I get on those real fast greens a lot of times because I, I play a lot of slower greens, just normal, you know, I'm, I'm not playing super fast greens very often, but um, that's how I've been trained as a putter. And, and it, it works for me. I like that. Yeah. I think the name of the game for putting, I mean, in my amateur experience is just um, setting, having routine, right? Every time. I mean, no matter where you're at, whether it's a two foot putt or a 20 foot putt, just setting up the same way. I mean, I, mine has always been like, I've Jack Nicholas has always had that hunched over look, right? And he kind of said, he always likes to put the ball, um, his eyes over directly over the ball so he can visualize that line like Brian's talking about but also putting it on your left eye so that you can kind of, you know, angle when you look to the hole, you kind of have the ball in line with that Tre line. Trevor, Trevor, for, true story just happened right now. You said close your left eye, right? No, or over your, over your left. So you're, 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 it's under your left eye basically. So your left so I eye just, is I, over I just, I just closed, I just did it and I closed the wrong eye. So like I'm, I'm already screwed up. Yeah. It's hard to explain over a uh, podcast, <laughs> but no, that's kind of what I've gone off of Jack Nicholas's recommendation like 20 years ago. I just went off that. So it's worked for me, but everybody's going to have nice. a different, different setup. Well, he was a yeah, pretty good yeah. putter. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know, as we're, you know, we're going to wrap this up and look ahead to next week and not to spoil it, but next week is our gimme challenge results, guys. So I, I got to go mm -hmm. over it again and recap the rules here. So we're going to go out. We're going to play around. First hole, you're going to announce no gimmies, none. What, and you're going to go ahead and take a look at your crew. And from there out, you need to make them put it out. And I know we, you know, Trev, you, you got a different group you might be playing with. So if you need to just kind of mark it down and, and keep track, I want to know what's going on in the gimme world with you guys. And, and I'll do the same. I've got a round scheduled for this weekend. I'll be out there. We're going to go no gimmies. So, so just a quick follow up on that, Jared, what is a successful round? Like, our, like, what are we measuring? What would be successful? Or are we just curious? We're, we're just, oh, we just we're exploring, see. right? We just want to see how people do with, with the pressure of actually having to hit the putt. Yeah. That pressure, you got to sink that thing. You know, you might, I mean, most gimmies, you know, cut, like we talked about 18 inches, two feet, maybe I want to know, you know, how many guys are sailing it by too. And they're like, Oh, that was good. Or, or like we talked, <laughs> the classic one-armed hit. Like, oh, that would have been good. <laughs> no, no, don't let those go. No, you got to get that in there. Come on. Let's do it. Let's see it. 
You know, yeah, and I think also having some, you know, basis for what you scored on that same course, you know, prior to playing with that similar group of guys that were giving you gimmies, you know, of like, you know, maybe two feet, see what the difference in your score is. Obviously, different days, a different game, but, you know, trying to compare the two. No gimmies yeah, versus gimmies. I'm curious what it does to our scores. I, I know I have a card ready. I already did, you know, the baseline score with the gimmies, and we were, we were pretty generous. So I'm curious what it turns out to be. Yep, so I'm playing with a, a group of guys tomorrow, actually, and um, two of them are very into like games. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see um, how that plays out. Just you know, we're just gonna score it. We're just gonna you know, no gimmies. Don't have to do it. I, I think it's actually gonna improve people's scores in this group. But um, that that's my hypothesis. That's what I'm throwing out right there right now. So we'll, we'll see how it works though. But I think the handicaps are ranging from eight all the way up to me. I think I'm the highest handicap right now at like a 16. I think it's going to benefit me more than the lower handicaps. Just throwing it out there. All right. Well, we're curious to see. We'll get the gimme results next week. All right. It's time for our golfers and dads segment where we give you tips on being a better golfer and being a better dad. And so, Trevor, why don't you tell us about this week's golf tip? Yes. Yeah, so there's there's a chipping drill out there that where you kind of grab your uh, longer woods or longer irons and put them out about, you know, maybe four or five feet um, increments away from you off the chip, you know, from a chipping position onto the green. And so you have different uh, layers or levels that you have to chip into. So you would work into the closest one first and trying to chip five balls into that interval between those two clubs and then five in the next interval and then five in the third interval. And then from there, you try to do, you know, uh, never hitting into the same one twice. So you'd hit one in the first one, one into the second one, one in the third one, and then work your way back. And so that's something you can do, you know, um, as you're warming up with just the rest of your clubs in your bag to lay down and kind of work through. All right. Awesome. And our parenting tip this week, um, I know we're going to get this a lot. It's how do you respond to your kid when you ask them what they did and they say, I don't know. And we talked a little bit about distance mm-hmm. learning and parents may ask their kids, hey, what'd you do today? And they're going to say, I don't know. Um, so the way you can go about this, the tip is be more specific with the question. So instead of asking them, you know, what did you do today? Ask them about, you know, what assignment or what question did your math teacher give you? Or um, what book are you reading in English? Um, you can ask them a more specific question. We'll get them talking and you're going to get a more specific answer instead of leaving it too open to get the I don't know. I think that works with adults too. (laughs) Yes, it does. You've just listened for free. Now here's the deal. Go to our website at birdiedads.com and join us. You will get our golf starters guide and our golf coloring book for kids free right now by signing up. It just takes an email. Thanks for hanging out with us and we'll see you next time.